guys, Malo Jay here, and I'm here with my co-host Chris. Chris, say hello to the peoples. Hello, peoples. Also, our other co-host, Egg. Say what's popping. What's popping? Uh, our other co-host is somewhere over what Montana right now and Colorado. He's he's in he's in route. But anyway, we got a special guest. Yeah, you guys ask about him all the time. It's like, where's Rob? Where's well, here's Rob. Rob, say hello to your peoples. What up, man? It's our people. And like, I, you know, it's like the whole point of this is so that way it's like everybody has a little bit of a, a medium to use. It doesn't have to be. It's not about me. I'm just the guy that runs it. It's about the community. So, like, I hope that we're all able to use it equally. And if you don't like these guys, then below me because Ooh. I like. <laughs> hey, Chris, recognize Rob? Yes. <laughs> so we're going to put you on the spot right away. Right off the bat. Inches. So you went. <laughs> oh, that wasn't the question. Oh, I'm sorry. I must have. No, that I, was the first I question. Work, I thought we were having a moment. And... So the second question. So you went to the PDF qualifier indicator. A guy approaches you and says, hey, Rob, how you doing? You say, hey, nice to meet you. It was that guy. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You were sitting over there talking to Tara. Oh, I got you. You were up against the wall when I walked over. I was like, I was like what's up, Rob? You shook. He's like, hey, man, good to meet you. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even recognize the guy on his channel. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll tell you a couple things. So, one, I have a actual clinical medical issue with memory. So, you can blame that. Oh, is that CTE? But that shit, that shit cut um, I don't remember my mother's birthday. Um, so, it's bad. So if I don't recognize you or anything like that, I'm not trying to be disrespectful in any way. I actually do have an issue with memory. So Sam, and here we are putting that shit on the spot. Like, <laughs> no, that's okay. I'd say have at it. But yeah, Wallow, you're a dick. Yeah. If anyone ever meets me and you've met me before and I give you that response, it's for one or two reasons. One, I was hammered drunk when I met you, which is likely, <laughs> which is likely. Or two, I just I have a bad memory. So if that ever happens, just make sure you reiterate who you are because if not i will be like what all right uh, 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 and i'm gonna move on with life but like, oh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't know me i'm like oh yeah like help me out help help a dude out <laughs> oh, bro man that was so funny to me <laughs> that was hilarious but anyway um how did you enjoy that qualifier by the way rob i thought it was dope man i thought that one bmac runs a really laid back shift but it, it's on time uh, the matches go, go, go. So as soon as it gets started, it's going. Um, there was some really killers on the mat, man. There was one dude who was young, like really young. And I was like, that dude's going to get destroyed. And he like put up like a hell of a fight. Like every time someone was moving to transition to a new position, he would be attacking something. He would get a hold of something. And he was like a little dude. He looked like a child, but he was going in there with grown men. And he was like doing pretty damn good. Now, he eventually did get a loss, but yeah. like that dude, when he gives them another year, like another year, he's like, that's not going to happen to him. Um, yes, he's man's strength. It was interesting because like you were talking about me talking to Tara and I've known, obviously Tara is one of the people that helped me make my first piece of original content on this page, beating up that internet troll. And um, so I've known her for years and uh, you know, obviously MMA legend. And she went in there and she was uh, going with those chicks and they were all like new school jujitsu. Like, oh, let's let's go right to Ashi. Let's start working on leg locks. Let's like do that. 
And then she's very old school, like smash and pass. So she's yeah. like, and just absolutely pressured, like crush them with like shoulder pressure and side control, like get they're getting cross-faced. And it's almost like they're so used to people diving on legs. They're like, oh, you're going to get my leg? I'll get your leg. But then when they tried to get her leg, she was like, no, nah, we're not going to play that game. Pass. Maybe there's something to this old school jujitsu, you youngins. Maybe uh, you might learn a thing or two. You remember her in Bulldog fights, right? Fighting in Costa Rica on the beach and all that stuff. I do not remember that, but that's dope. That's cool. Oh, man, that, that was, that was I want to say like 2002, 2003. I think that's at one point she went on like a 15-fight win streak. Yeah. Like as a pro, like she had, yeah. I think she's got like over 25 MMA matches or something like that. Yeah, um, she was she was the number one chick in, you know, in the U.S. at least. I got at one point. So, yeah, we <laughs> do we have any questions, Ed? Because, you know, I don't have my glasses. Let no, me. no, I was uh, going to say that, you know, she had, she was ADCC silver twice. Uh, and in the qualifier, she had an, uh, just a, well, I'll say a sickening toehold. Cause you could hear that thing. It sounded like something just straight up ripped. Yeah, it did. It was, it did. That was I'm over. pretty sure it did. Cause we were sitting at the table and uh, yeah, you, you heard a, a pop. Yeah. So basically in the comments, we got Sheldon Albertson saying, what up party people? Hey bud. Uh, House of Siege. Hello gentlemen. Um, Brave little Spidey back again. Hello. What's up Rob? Wallow Egghead warrior. Um, just monitor for questions because uh -huh. my, my oh sorry pardon pardon me i'm just no, saying hi I'll, I'll give him the attention he wants it's leopold um okay. scotch so it's obviously somebody who has a, a troll account anyway but uh let's read what he has to say because that's fantastic rob looks like he pulls mount yes i pull mount on your mom i put her right on top and she rides and it's fantastic so thank you <laughs> leopold's mom his mother forgets she has a son she might. I don't give a shit. I love my mom. My mom loves me. Uh, let's keep that going. What else did you say? Uh, Mick Dono. I, I think you misspelled that, but that's okay. Illiteracy might run in your family. Looks like Anthony Smith listening to emo instead of starting MMA. Possible, although me and Anthony Smith look nothing, nothing alike. But, um, you know, he, he does he does apparently pound people in his home like I pound your mother. Boom! Did it again in your face. Anyway. Continue. <laughs> oh, Anthony Smith has been charged with uh, domestic violence. What? No, it was that the talking about the home intruder that he had that one time. <laughs> oh, my bad. Okay, yeah. okay. The guy that he shoot a shot and my bad. Uh, Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah that, that, uh, uh, talk about picking the worst fucking home possible to try to break into. Oops. Yeah. Sure. Anywho, listen. Uh, we 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 brought you on so you could talk a little bit about the documentary because we get the questions too. You you can ask whatever you want. I'm an open book, man. I'm surprised you guys don't join my lives when I'm not restricted on Instagram from doing them. You can ask Dude, whatever you want. Open book. Like for the most part, I don't see your 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 going lives anymore. So I'm restricted I, at the moment. <laughs> oh, uh, I saw it the other day, but I, I I'm usually at work during that time. Yeah, I, 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 I had to go live Monday, Wednesday, Friday at nine. Yeah. Um, right on. Well, listen. What can you tell us? All right, well, documentary. So it's done. It's it's already cut up. There's no more editing. So it's not just, exactly. No. So okay. We're under that impression, but we got put in a really cool position. So I'll give you the skinny. So you'll get the front to back of what's happened so far. So originally we were like, yo, we want to make this documentary. All right, cool. That's concept. So from the concept to where we are now has been over uh, almost three years. 
And so we, we have this concept. And then I was like, well, the first step is I need people to help me make the movie. All right. Well, who's going to do that? So then I looked over and I found the guys from Bodo Studios, you know, the Mexican martial arts guys. Right. And they have a super legit, like real production studio, like beautiful camera work. And if you've ever seen Mexican martial arts, older stuff, when they were the ones that were actually filming all this stuff, it's really beautiful, like cinematic quality. So those guys were like, we'll do it. I was like, hell yeah. So next step, you got to crowdfund. You got to have money to do it. it. They are a production team. They do get paid. I'm not getting paid, but they're getting paid. So it's like, all right, well, let's go ahead and make that happen. So we were able to figure out how much it would cost. So we created a crowdfunding budget or a budget for the movie. And then we started to crowdfund. Now, crowdfunding for us, it took us about two, maybe three months to figure out how we were going to set up all the tiers for rewards. Because crowdfunding isn't like, hey, guys, give us money. People get something in return. So you have right. to have that laid out and planned. And then we found that Conor McGregor had a fight that was going to be coming up. And we're like, we're going to release it during that fight. Because I was doing live commentary that day with the guy from Mexican Martial Arts. And so right. we decided that was the time. So it was about three months from concept to starting our crowdfunding. Now, crowdfunding goes on for three months. 90 days is what you're allowed to crowdfund on Indiegogo, or at least it was what it was when we started. If it's changed, I don't know. But that's how long we had to crowdfund. We originally were looking for $200,000, but we only got $20,000 for two very specific reasons that I wasn't aware of when we were about to start crowdfunding. One, apparently there is some douchebag out there who was going to be doing a documentary about red belts in jiu-jitsu. And he had crowdfunded his program, took all the money and never made a documentary. And so uh. because he did that, people were, and it, apparently it was very fresh to people. Now, because he did that, we had a lot of people typing that in comments that this is just like that. Like, right. no, it's not, I don't even know that dickhole. Who cares? Like, I don't know that guy, you know? It's like, I have nothing to do with him. But people were like, they were jaded because of that. I was like, that's yeah. Cool. And then the other thing was, again, another expletive decided that he was going to make a movie a documentary about frauds in the martial arts piggybacking off the fact that we're tossing out all these ads for our crowdfunding campaign he used that took like half of his documentary on on uh in, on youtube was made up of mcdojo life clips my logo was still in it like in the entire thing and so like people were so like well, they were like i don't need to actually donate this guy already made it i can just watch it for free no he made a youtube video that's 30 minutes long with no original content that he voiced over like that's not a documentary that's just that guy like piggybacking off what we did and so i found out about that that wound up getting like three or four million views during that time and Damn. i was like that hurt us so bad because what happened was that guy just saw the opportunity to put out something for free that wasn't what it could be which is a real legitimate in-depth documentary and so that hurt, but we wind up raising 20,000, which was only 10% of what we originally wanted to raise. So then we we're like, okay, well, can we make the movie with what we have? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, we can actually do that. Like if those guys are willing to, to do a whole bunch of work for free with the promise of some back end pay, right. would that work? And they were all about it because they saw what the opportunity could be. And I was like, thank you guys for sticking with me. I pulled out an additional, at least $20,000 of my own money during that time because I had to pay for hotels. I had to pay for food. I had to pay for gas, any rentals. I had to pay for all that. That wasn't a part of our budget. Like that was just for them to make the movie. That was for them to film. That was for them to edit, but that wasn't including all those extras. I had to pay for that. 
and that our crowdfunding didn't cover. So then we wind up filming or we wound up saying, all right, when do we want to film now that we have the money? So we, we agreed and it was about another four or five months out to where they could actually be free for filming for that amount of time because I needed them for three months. And they're a production company, so that's what they do for a living. And so since they weren't getting paid a ton off of this project, they had to get a whole bunch of projects done beforehand. Mm -hmm. So we're, we set the time, we set the date. Now we're definitely over a year and a half year into the project at this point. All right. So now we're like, all right, we have a date. Two weeks. I shit you not. Two weeks before we're about to film COVID hits. And like we're filming mostly in California. So if anybody knows anything about filming, you know that in California, not only is California suck when it comes to COVID regulations and laws and rules, but they're really strict on filming. And so like we got hit with so many things like it's really hard to film a documentary about martial arts when martial arts schools are closed. <laughs> it's really hard to film a documentary when everybody has masks on their face, because now not only have you turned your project into something that is no longer timeless, you've turned your project into something where people will no longer be talking about the subject matter. You'll have people talking about, oh, well, that guy's not wearing a mask, but they're wearing masks and they'll completely forget what this is about. Right. So I was like, all right, well, let's let's wait and let's see what happens. So finally, a couple months in, I think it was maybe like four months later, restrictions start easing up. And I was like, hey, California's starting to ease up. I was like, let's set a date as soon as possible. Let's go and get it done. Production studio was like immediately ready to go because they had to already take that time off. So now they were kind of screwed because that three months we were supposed to be filming. Now they they're trying to scramble to get more work, but they can't because COVID had already hit and now it's hard for them to get work at all. Mm -hmm. So it really hurt them. So kudos to the guys over at Voto Studios for sticking this out because they got really hit with that. And so then we were like, all right, let's do it. We do all these promo stuff. I hired like an artist to make renderings of where I was going to be and all that stuff and show like our path and our journey. And we did put all that out eventually. But when we wound up starting to do that a day, the day before I'm supposed to go to California, restrictions went right back up in California the day before. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is a nightmare. So I talked to the crew and I was like, what do you guys want to do, man? I was like, if you want to scratch this, I would understand because I know this is her killing them. It's hurting them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And online, I could do that whenever I want. I get a paycheck. I was like, I understand if you don't, you, you want to stop. That's okay. And so they were like, nah, man, what do you think? If I left it up to them. I was like, do you want to move forward or not? And they said, let's move forward. They said, let's film through this and let's figure it out. It's like, all right, cool. Set the date, which was January of last year. We finally got to film. So that was two years, two years from the time of concept to actually filming. So we finally filmed. And then um, once we're done filming, it was January through March. Then this is our first time making a film. And if you know anything about the industry, the first time you go to start presenting stuff to people, you are pretty much a nobody. They do not care that you exist. And so I know a lot of people in the industry, like anybody who follows the page knows I do. And so I figured like it would be easy. I'll just reach out to them. What I didn't expect is their careers are reliant on their best and their last projects. So with us not having a track record of making a film, these guys <clears throat> did not want to stick their neck out because we don't have a track record and it will reflect on their career. But you know what? I respect but it made it so much harder because now we had to go into, well, how do we get this done? And so we got to a position where it's like, well, we can go the film festival route, but if we go the film festival route, that's going to take a while. So 
how do we want to do this? So we started approaching agencies. We're now picked up by the top one of the top three talent agencies in the world. And that particular talent agency is now going to take that and rep it. And so now you guys will be able to start seeing the fruits of the labor because now that talent agency not only wants us to get our movie sold, but they're willing to go after an extra $800,000 in budget. So that way we can go back and reshoot and even shoot stuff we weren't able to before because our budget was so tight. Wait a minute. So, so you're telling me that it took you three years with almost 40 grand, 20 given from the crowdsourcing and then the other 20 scraped by your pockets. And now somebody's going to tell you, you know, it's cool. Or here's 800 grand. Go reshoot it. Make it better. Make so it like, be all the stuff we already shot, we're already going to use. But they were like, what could you? Well, the first question they asked is, what could you do if you had the budget you originally wanted, which was 200,000? Okay. And we, were like, we could do this. They were like, well, what if budget wasn't an issue? What could you do? And we were like, well, these are all the things we would love to do. We just couldn't afford. And they were like, well, what if you could afford them? And we were like, really? Like, absolutely. Just ask. And we were like, get the fuck out of here. They were like, no, like what you have. First, there's never been a documentary about the subject ever. We tried. We looked. We needed source material to start with. It doesn't exist. Like a real full-blown in-depth documentary about fakes, frauds, phonies, con men, and pedophiles has never been done. And so that was cool. But then, you know, the type of backing and the type of people who follow our stuff and the type of people who support what we do, um, you know, that really helps seal the deal for them to, to think that we have something bigger and better. So when does the reshoot start? Uh, they start shopping it in June. Okay. So in June, because the cans are going on. So the Cannes Film Festival is going on and everybody's kind of focusing on that right now. But as soon as that's done, they're going to start shopping it. And then we, I will be in California for Subversive that next week anyway and so chances are good while i'm there i might just stay so that way i can just go to these meetings and start pitching um and nanya feel free to bite me um <laughs> but uh when it comes down to uh what we do at the end of the day now we have a real light at the end of the tunnel after I mean, i've been doing this for 25 years i've dedicated my last 10 years of my life to mcdoja life and the last three years of my life to the documentary. And finally, the fruits of that labor is going to come to fruition because we have representation by somebody, a group of people that will make that happen. So it sounds like, uh, you know, your documentary, which was, was probably awesome to begin with, but also is now serving as a proof of concept of what you can really do and, and what the, what the market is out there. Absolutely. And like, I, I can tell you with some of the stuff that we already filmed, like you guys would probably already enjoy if we made a movie just off of what we already have, you'd probably love it. Um, I, mean, like I, we, I had a little glimpse of the trailer. Man, that looked fantastic. I was stoked. I was yeah. like ready for it. I was like, show it all to me right now. <laughs> well, I'll give you a, like, so just to give you an idea, one of the victims, their story was so crazy that it took us 16 hours for just their interview. 16 hours. He That's said a insane. lot. That's Dude, insane. his stuff, like that particular story covered almost everything I cover on this page, the page. It covered fraud. It covered cult-like activity, rape. It covered uh, violent uh, behavior against students, like unsafe training practices. It covered the gambit. And it was absolutely insane. Like that's a that's a big one. But you know now we have guys like uh, Jody Plowshay. Jody Plowshay, if you guys remember correctly, back in the day, this was a very famous story. So Jody Plowshay was a Texas? kid. 
Yeah. What was it? Was it freaking Texas? Uh, I don't remember where it was. I just remember what happened. Um, but he was a child who was being molested by his instructor for years. Then the instructor, oh, you remember. Then I do remember, and I believe he was in Texas. Maybe. Well, it would make that's sense. Where he, that's where he landed. Oh, well, when he landed, okay. the but for anybody who doesn't know, that father wound up finding out after the son was abducted. So the instructor drew the line after the molestation, winds up just taking the kid and disappearing for weeks. Now, usually it's like, do you kill the kid or do you bring him back? And so he chose to bring him back, which is super rare. Um, so he brought the kid back. Dad's like, yo, did, did he touch you inappropriately? Kid's like, no, nah, I never did that. Then the police ran a rape kid, of, co of course, to find out if that was true and found out not only was he being raped, but he had been being raped for a long time. Um, and then so the dad freaks out, starts drinking himself to death, finds out where that dude's going to land, has a gun in his uh, in his pocket or has it in his jacket. He's on the phone actually talking to somebody. I always thought that that was just him pretending. They walk that dude by after they after they landed in the airport, cop hand in hand. And what's crazy is that's a million dollar shot. Like there's a cop in one arm and another cop on the other side of the guy in another arm. The dude turns around, points the gun. It takes less than a second. Point shoots, blows the guy's brains out right there on television. Here's the crazy part: he didn't spend one day in prison. Right, Not because, one. It because it happened in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again. Uh, we recently had an incident kind of like that uh, with King Velasquez. Unfortunately, you know, he shot at the wrong person. Well, he shot the wrong person. He, uh, he went on an 11-mile shooting spree because he yeah. was chasing them and shooting out the door. I mean, you're King Velasquez. Like, know where the dude is, get him by himself, do the job, and then, you know, you can, you're going to suffer the consequences, but at least at that point, you hit the right guy, you know? Like, 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 I don't think that dude deserves a bullet. He, he just deserves the hands of oh. Velasquez. And it'd be like, it's unlimited. He, he gets free will with you. I mean, fuck. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I think it, it's absolutely insane how lax our laws are when it comes to sexual molestation in any way, shape or form, whether it be rape or pedophilia, obviously they're both the same thing, but we're talking about the age difference. And so it's absolutely crazy to think that somebody like that gets caught dead to rights with what's what the uh, child protective services said over a hundred different counts of molestation. So it happened over a hundred times, according to child protective services and the news articles that I have read, this guy winds up going to court, winds up, getting caught and then they they wind up letting the dude out to get like on ankle monitor to just chill in his house and you think that that father is not going to be the most irate human being on the planet like you're wrong like that's just yeah. wrong and then the prosecuting attorney literally was saying begging them not to let this guy out back on the streets and they did it anyway it's insane you know insane <sighs> oh man i he should have been this dog shit out of him that's what he should have done yeah but, but maybe he can get some insanity please definitely going to get sympathy from the court but at oh, the same yeah. time like there's certain things that he's just not going to get us like a, a ride on like they're not going to give him any leeway on the gun charge they're not going to give him any leeway on shooting the wrong guy i can promise you that they're not going to give him any leeway on the 11 mile high speed chase which is obviously going to include reckless endangerment um they're not going to give him leeway on a lot of things they'll give him leeway 
on some things because he can please insanity for sure. Because anybody who was that I've ever talked to about him, because I don't know him personally, they vouch for how nice of a dude he is. So, like, clearly these are actions that he would not be taking under other circumstances. But, like, I think they find out, like, tomorrow or the next day whether or not he's actually able to to make bail and while he's awaiting. Uh, tomorrow Saturday, so maybe today or Monday? Maybe. I know it should be soon because they just talked about how um, – okay. That was like the news articles have been talking about. That's a thing where they're going to see what's going on with him being able to get out while he's awaiting. So, man, I would start campaigning. It's crazy. It's absolutely insane to think, you know, that's a dude that you see on TV and people admire and respect. And then all of a sudden in a moment. Well, he's never been on the news as far as being, you know any you know like custom troll or anything he's not he's not john jones you know what i'm saying he's not doing hit and runs with pregnant women or like yeah yeah yeah. hookers or having viagra issues you know (laughs) picograms baby picograms (laughs) man i hope john jones never listens to this show i could care less like i think i think that like I think like too many people put too much stake into the fact that there are people on this planet who are just good at violence. Go to any federal prison ever and see how many of those people you truly respect. They're very good at violence. I don't respect them. (laughs) Who cares if you're good at violence? John Jones could murder me with his hands, but he's also a huge piece of garbage. Sorry. Those are both facts. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get back to the, to the documentary. Have you have you gotten any backlash from like you know Dillman and the other Stooges? Um, so here's the trick. How do I word this? So during filming, I did get death threats, but I get death threats anyway. Yeah. Um, but I will say this: I I can't say who because we might have to reshoot with some of them. So I will say this: they were made aware that we we're doing a documentary about martial arts and that we were very interested in their particular martial art and we wanted to film them to learn more and i will say this i will say if you can think of a martial arts fraud that sticks out in your mind as being the martial arts fraud to you we got him on film are you talking about steven seagal can't tell you (laughs) I, i cannot I cannot tell you who we have because we might have to do reshoots and if we do reshoots, we want to make sure that we come to the table. <laughs> we came to the table before. I so hear you. I hear you. It's tricky. But keep in mind, when I say that, that's not an exaggeration. Think of like five off the top of your head and then text me later and I'll tell you that yes, the answer is yes, we filmed with them. Oh, I can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get away from the documentary now. Uh, you know, I do I have th- a story for you. I don't oh, know. Fucking bring it. So I can I can tell you like one of the things we filmed for sure. Okay. Um, so one of my favorite things that we filmed was we were able to get a martial arts fraud con artist to come teach us a seminar. Did I tell you about this? It, it was it was in the, uh, the 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 preview a little bit. Yeah, it was with the yeah. ten but, guys, but not enough because it gave oh. a little taste. Like, oh, I want to see this. Yeah. yeah. So. There was an altercation there. Um, uh, there was an altercation, but there was something that was even more funny. 
that happened that it stands out to me that hands down is going to be in the movie. And like when I say what I'm saying now, word for word, you will see this in the film. I promise because I refuse to let this get cut out. It was too good. So like we got there. I got 15 different martial artists of different. I think might might have been 10, but I got like 10 or 15 different martial artists to come in. And each one of them had trained in other different martial arts. One was like a tiny little chick who did Krav Maga for like 15 years. One was like a huge dude who had done Capoeira for like 20. And he was like owned a Capoeira school. Like all these people are trained in different stuff, right? Uh, different skill levels. So I brought a guy in to teach us a seminar. And I told them all for the first hour of this two-hour seminar, just go with it. Whatever he does, whatever he says, if he does like pressure point stuff, pretend it works. Just go with it even if it doesn't. We're just going to make the guy feel comfortable and we're just going to not make fun of this man. And so, but at the end of that hour and that second hour, be yourself. I didn't tell anybody to assault, attack, degrade, or do anything rude. I just say, be yourself. This is your opportunity to be in the room with one of these people that they all requested to be there, by the way, because they all wanted to know what it was like. I was like, this is your opportunity to say or do whatever you would say and do. And then we did. So the first hour goes by, he's teaching us all revival stuff. It's all about like, well, you know, this particular pressure point, attach the nervous system in this way. So we're going to slap your back and sit you up and like cross your legs and like all that stuff. So he teaches us how to do that garbage, right? For an hour, different types of techniques. He's like, make sure you rub it this way because that's the way the blood goes in your body. Like he's saying stuff that's nonsensical. Like that's, that's you know, it goes both ways. But anyway, so like he's, he's talking, he's doing his thing. After the hour, though, dude, hands start raising. And we got this chick named Heather, and she's like an Andre Galvo black belt now. And <laughs> first one, dude, first one starts going ham with questions on this dude. Her first question out the gate raises her hand right at the one hour mark, right? She raises her hand. She goes, um, How did, like, it was something to the effect of, like, how can you live with yourself teaching this to people? <laughs> it was like, <laughs> I was like, hold on. We're like, we're going a little hard right off the gate. Maybe we warm up. Like, damn. He, just like, he, he immediately starts profusely sweating. We're all bone dry because there was no, like, physicality to what we were doing at all. And he's wearing a white shirt and at immediately start. He's like, I don't get what you mean. And, like, he's act like he didn't understand the question. She was like, well, I can't do this, like, pressure point stuff to this guy. It's never going to work. And he was, like, trying to explain it. So then um, he gets asked a ton of questions. And if you watched, you saw the trailer. At one point, he actually tries to knock me out by hitting me in the jaw. And he's like, he hits me. Bam. And he was like, did you feel that? And I was like, I felt you hit me. And then he was <laughs> like, now watch this. And he hits me like, he really cracks me. Just bam. And I just kind of turned my head because I've never been knocked out so far, at least. And I was like, yeah, I felt you hit me harder. He goes, but I didn't hit you harder. And I'm ahead of my ass bull. Yeah, you did. Of course you hit me harder. I've been hit. <laughs> you hit me harder. That's what that feels like. And so, as that hour goes on, and like he is, he's just sweating. He's red. And then he goes, all right, well, since so many people are asking so many questions, uh, is there any technique that you guys would like to see or learn about? And somebody immediately, they must have had this in their pocket ready to go. They were like, well, what happens if someone has a knife? And he was like, ooh goes over to his bag and he pulls out the rubber training knife and he comes back over and he hands it to the only guy in the room who's never trained, which was like our control. Like he was, we had to have some, all these people to train. We needed at least one person there who hadn't, which was one of our camera dudes, never trained a day in his life. He hands the knife over to that guy and he goes, what kind of, uh, what kind of attack are we looking for? And somebody said the upward prison shank. And he goes, okay. And he, he asked the camera guy to stab him. And so our camera guy commences to stabbing him 17 times. He stabbed him. <laughs> 
And the guy's trying to do this like downward X block. He's trying to hit him with his knuckles to disarm by hitting him in pressure points. He got stabbed every time. <laughs> guy who who's never trained a day in his life. He's like, okay, I'm just gonna stab you. So stabs him 17 times. And then so one of my homies, Matt, he's the guy who runs the uh, apparel for us. He was there and he was like, wouldn't this work better? And he walks up and does a two-on-one grip on our camera dude's arm, the knife arm, and our camera guy tries to stab him and can't. And the guy's like, oh, well, clearly this is a better idea. Like, clearly this one will work better, at least, because you got stabbed 17 times. He didn't get stabbed at all. There's something here, I think. And so the guy's like, no, 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 that's that's not what I want to do at all. And he's like, and they were like, why? And he's like, because I want to get close so I can finish the, the assailant. And so he bum rushes, like really just bum rushes our camera guy right there and wraps him up in like a body lock, like beside him. But he doesn't actually grab the knife arm. So the knife arm is just really <laughs> behind the guy, right? And so the guy is giving like a, a bad guy monologue. He's monologuing. He goes, as you can clearly see, I have complete control of the assailant. Meanwhile, our camera guy stabbed him 48 times during that speech pretending to stab him he ice picked him 48 times it was like a moment of genius because he never actually touched him with the knife but we counted him and like we added a counter at one point to it 48 <laughs> times he got stabbed he's like, as you can clearly see i have complete control he's like, so funniest thing ever happens <sighs> in the back of the room being super sarcastic goes well what happens if he stabs you in the back <laughs> and, and the dude dead serious looks to at everyone in the room and he goes, well, if you, you don't see the blood, it's actually not that bad. That was the <laughs> actual honest to God answer to how to defend against getting <laughs> fine. It was like, oh, if you don't see the blood, it's not that bad. Now, granted, here's the, here's the kind of the funniest part about this. The place that we were at was like a little hole in the wall gym because it was the only place we can get at such short notice. It was in the middle of Compton. It was in the hood, right? So like there's a dude sitting on a bench waiting for class that's going to happen after this incident, after this seminar. He's sitting down and he's wearing like a Michael Jackson thriller jacket, right? And he's sitting there and he's this huge dude. And then like we told the owner, like as people come in for your class, please don't let them interrupt. We know that they're going to hear some crazy stuff, but like we need to film. We only get like one take at this. Please don't interrupt. So they were all respectful, but they were all trying so hard not to laugh the entire time. And uh, so that as soon as one of our camera dudes was amazing, as soon as that guy said that one of our camera guys panned into this dude who had been making funny faces and his jaw is just on the floor looking like a dog who heard something funny, like, <laughs> like I'm blown away by this man's like words. It was the most amazing thing we could possibly get on camera because it showed not only is that hilarious, it's terrifying because that guy was hired under the idea that none of us knew what we were doing so to him he was giving a legitimate martial arts seminar and that was his advice for paying customers you know crazy now even if you reshoot that's gonna make it into the the, the documentary right yeah, yeah, yeah so reshooting okay. is more for like any interviews we had to do on skype and stuff okay. like that it's more to get cleaner footage like more what we're looking for is more additional footage of things we okay. want I want to go to Indonesia and confront some of those cults who like believe they can like blow you back. I want to go there. Um, I want to go like um, there are certain people that I would like to confront. Um, I would love to tell you who they are, but no, you obviously you can't. know who they are. And yeah. so I want to give like a real honest to goodness, like face to face confrontation, which you can't. It doesn't make sense to do over Skype because you don't get the 
footage you want. At the very least, you get on live, you get somebody to rip out a mic and throw it down and like storm off, right? Right. And on Skype, it just goes black. And then it's like, oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> they, they just shut the laptop. Yeah. It's like, all right, interview over. Click. You're like, oh, damn. Now, please tell me that if you do go out there, you're going to have security with you. Uh, Indonesia, yes. And okay. you already know me, man. I'm packing all the time. I got a bulletproof vest in my backpack. Like, I think I'm joking. I don't trust no. No, I know. I know that you're not joking. I'm just, you know, like, I'm just saying it's a, it's a little, you know. I've seen some of the people on your stream talking shit. You know, it's a, I don't know. It's a different country, man. You know, just yeah. word. Yeah, it's all good. I appreciate that. You know, I, I don't, I, I don't know what will happen. Nor do I really care at the end of the day because all that's going to happen is they're going to give us beautiful footage and. You know, but I did get contacted by a, um, a particular group that does things like that. Um, and so they're they're down to help me out when I go overseas. And then I'll, I'll have a couple of homies who I know that I trust to, to, to watch out and stuff because I don't want to get hacked to death with a machete in the middle of a jungle. That would suck. Yeah, for sure. Listen, um, moving away from the dock because, you know, we don't we don't want to give everything away. You guys are just going to have to wait just a little longer. Actually, one more question. What is the date that we're shooting for it to be, you know, released, streamed, whatever? Well, we think just from what we did with our budget and our estimate, because, again, we're just kind of guessing. Because once it gets picked up, the, the stage we are now is we're trying to get it sold to like a service. So like a Netflix or like an HBO or whoever. Once they pick it up, they kind of have a little bit more control over stuff like that. But with that said, what the budget that we allotted is another month of filming because we already shot three months. Like all of this is just, a, but that shooting is like real tight. So it's like no sleep. <laughs> like I'll sleep on the plane. We'll get to where we're going. We'll film, we'll shoot, we'll pack up, we'll leave, go to the next place. Um, but it should include things like the martial arts super show. We're hoping to start filming at the martial arts super show. Um, which is in July. So if we get picked up in June, we should start be filming there. Um, because at the Super Show, we're dealing with a different type of clientele. They're all martial artists there, so we can get feedback from them. Um, and, you know, I'm sure that I called out some one of their instructors eventually. So I'm sure they'll want to confront me and they're more than welcome to do so. I'm not hiding. Like, I'm easy to be found. Hey, um, where, where's the Super Show happening? Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas. When? Oh, okay. Well, I can tell you right now. Hold on, that's on my calendars. So the uh, Martial Arts Super Show is going to be going on July uh, 18th to the 20th, I do believe. Fuck, we're going to be there in September. I was hoping it would kind of coincide. That would have been great. Oh, dude, yeah. And if you guys get the opportunity, y'all should swing on by, man. It's uh, If you just want to go to Vegas. <laughs> oh, uh, wait, wait a minute. Are you going to the ADCCs? Uh-huh. I'll be at the ADCCs. Hey. <laughs> Perfect. Because I was trying to get in as a photographer. I even sent my application and everything. And they didn't send me shit back. I was like, I put that, hey, we got a podcast on your channel. <laughs> I put all kinds of shit. But did, did, they, did you get approved? No, I haven't gotten approved. All right, I mean, we, I, we, got, we got our tickets already. But, oh. you know, being... A photographer down there would have been like it, you know. Well, whenever we get there, I'll introduce you to Mo, and then he'll take care of you. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, that, so, just in case people don't know, like the, a big deal happened with fight sports. Like I, I don't, yeah. I'm sure you guys know, but yeah. like it was a really big deal. Like so, Cyborg, um, basically to to put it 
bluntly was housing a pedophile, um, a sexual abuse um, allegations that were confirmed to be true. Um, and so that particular gentleman had molested somebody. Cyborg had kicked that gentleman out of the gym. Everything was good. But then he started letting the guy come back into the gym. Meanwhile, the, uh, the abuse, one of the abused was actually still training at this gym. And so she was having to like see this person constantly at the gym. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, it's okay. It's no big deal. Like, dude, it's, it's a really big deal. So it, it started going down a really deep, dark rabbit hole. And it, it started to have more than one accusation. Um, the gentleman who was originally accused, um, he was supposed to have a, a court date that he didn't make because allegedly he has uh, fled the country to go to Brazil. Um, it's it's a big deal, man. And so Mo, the guy who runs ADC, our ADCC, he actually spearheaded like really going after making sure that that became international news or at least national news. And he right. was able to get the story onto the New York Times. So like this is a huge deal. Yeah. And so, um, so but because of that, obviously, that's kind of my wheelhouse as well. But he was spearheading it. So I would just like share the stuff that he was doing and support what he was doing. Right. And so I got to know him a little better because of that. And uh, he he hooked me up, man. I got a hotel out there. He's letting me be there and uh, be at the event. He got the hotel for me. And he's just nothing but a, a super cool dude that really seems to give a damn about the community. Um, I give him a lot of credit for for standing up for those victims. Everything I've heard of him, he's always been great and how awesome he is. So, you know, if you can hook it up for uh, your boy, you know, to, uh -huh. you know, be the photographer down there or at least one of them. I don't know. Well, once, you, once we get there, I'm sure I can just yeah. say, hey, man, they're, they're working with us. Is it OK if they go down there and, and shoot some pictures? I'm sure that that will be not a problem whatsoever. I mean, if he went out of his way to, like, hook me up, then I'm sure that he will not mind a representative of the brand going down there and doing that. Hell yeah. That's what's up. Hey, y'all can keep the application now. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Who else are all? Is everybody going? Are all y'all going? Well, Chris yep. is not going. He's, no, he's all here. about that farm life now. Yep, I got okay. a farm to maintain. So, oh, that's awesome, though, man. I, I grew up on a farm in Ocala, so I get that. I understand. This motherfucker up in Atlanta somewhere. Douglasville. Douglasville. <laughs> hey, do you want to give him your full address, bro? No. Come on. <laughs> Douglas feels big enough. If they want to come, come on. Yeah, I, I I heard the gunshots at three in the afternoon. I'm like, what the hell's going on? He's like, just gunshots. Yeah. Just, that's just the neighbors. I, I asked like, him if he wanted me to go get my standoff. <laughs> He could shoot some, you know, too, just to be with him. He's like, no, 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 I'm okay. I'm like, I don't know. What the hell is going on? I don't know what was going on over there. I just was like, man, we do we need to, like, duck for cover or whatever? That's just <laughs> no. the neighbors, bro. But Wallow, I mean, Miggy, he, he's down for it, right? We don't know until he shows up. Now, okay, okay. Miggy's not the so most if, reliable. If, Miggy, if Miggy's at the airport in Vegas when you get there, then Miggy's down for it. <laughs> the chances of that happening, though, are slim to fuck none. So it's supposed to be Egg, myself, and Miggy, as well as B-Mac and his wife. So we'll, we'll all be out there. But we don't know still about Miggy. I got well, it. Well, Scaff isn't going to come? I, I Okay, pardon me. Sorry. I, I have no idea. What I've heard was, was B-Mac yeah. and, and, and and wife. So Miggy is supposed to have been to two PGF finals and was totally like, I'm on the way, guys. I'm coming. Don't worry. 
Planet yeah, Burnett and Gas. Yeah, never even, never even well, made it. To hold the on, hold on. To be fair, I mean, Rob. There's so, no to be fair. Yes, there's to be fair. So the 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 last finale of, of the PGF, there there was a freak snowstorm. They came and and Walla was worried about actually getting back to the airport. I had to leave early, so I missed the finale. I was there for the not whole worried weekend. enough. I still made it. Yeah, but you were worried. I got the text messages. Uh, Decatur. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. So he he had to go back to to Atlanta, fly out, but he, but they were worried about like you know driving the uh, the way back. So I had to leave early because I back to the family, and Miggy was going to fly in. He was worried about being stuck there because he had interviews, etc. Because he's you know trying to get a job. I got you. <laughs> I love, I love you, pussy. It's PGF, man. You do what you need to do. Bro, listen, I may have not made the whole season, but I made the finale. Uh, well, we had one here, and it was like I just had a lot going on, so I wasn't able to do it. It would have been the most convenient one for me to go to. And, uh, you, you got know. another one. It's coming there again. That'd be cool because I want to go. I think I, so, isn't it? Isn't he? He's doing another one in Jack's. No, he's not? The, the other one's Indicator again. Well, they get a uh, Fort Myers, right? Yeah, that too. I mean, it's not too far away. I could probably do that one. Yeah. And there, there's a possibility, you know, the 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 deal is that Keith Gregorian might make that one. You keep saying it, but I haven't seen anything about it. I'm, I'm just saying, he's, like, he, he's, a listen, he's a Miggy to me right now. Until he yeah, shows up there, no. I don't believe it. Hey, he's, he, a good, he's a good dude. He said he was he going to make the qualifier. He he's is. living in Florida. It all lines up to Fort Myers because that's closer to the dude Tampa just Bay. won his division at ABCC trials. Yeah, you know they say Bill Murray's like that. Like Bill Murray is one of those people where they try to get him to do a movie and they don't know if he's going to do the movie or not until the first day of shooting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, yeah. he's there. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's pretty much what we what we think of Keith showing up yeah. until I see his name on the registration paid. Because, you know, there is an entry fee. Uh, <laughs> until I see that says paid and confirmed, I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm right. just saying, bro. I'm I got saying. the dip. I got to go take care of something real quick. Bro, we'll holler at you later. Rob, it's good seeing you, brother. Good to see you, man. Hey, and I apologize about, like, the thing before. I really am sorry. Trust me, I ate, enough, I ate enough shit from Wallow that it made it up for it. Oh, okay. He <laughs> did. You really did. Yeah. It, it was great text messages. I was like, Rob did not know who I was. He rode my ass for a good, a good, I don't know, three, four days. And we still joke because he, he, in our little chat, he was like, hey, Rob's, Rob's going to be coming on. And I just replied and went, who? Yeah. <laughs> So good. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, boys. We'll catch y'all guys later. All right, see you later, see man. Wow, man. That's the best part about this shit is just busting balls, you know. Oh yeah, for sure. I absolutely love it. I think I that mean, uh, you know, I remember when you did the locker room talk and you guys were doing locker room talk, and I was right. on the show. I think I was on the show twice. Yeah. And um, when I was on the show the second time, I was like, man, I think that. Y'all guys got like a, such a good chemistry and you got such a good laid back thing, man. And I just wanted to boost that the best I could. And, you know, I don't know. I hope that, you know, the ability to use this particular platform helps you guys. And I hope that it's something that gives you a better reach and a better range, you know, and um, I just appreciate you guys. You represent very well. And, and, you know, it means a lot to me. And I just want to say thank you guys for the hard work you put in, because to be honest, like I cannot be everywhere all at once, which is, I know a lot of people ask you all the time, like, Yo, where's Rob? Why isn't he on the show? Like, <laughs> I have to sleep. 
You sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, listen, to, to us, this is this is how we end the week. We have a long work week, mm-hmm. and then we get here, and we're just shooting this shit, man. Because to be honest with you, we, we stop trying to bring people on. If we bring people on, it's like the guys that we hang out with, and it just turns into like, you know, just a shit talk session type of thing. Well, what I'm hoping to do, and I talked to you about this previously, because I know that, you know, obviously whenever we, whenever the documentary does come out, that that will change the dynamic of what I do. I I just, I won't have a choice. I'm already understanding that it will become something that it's not now. So when that happens, my goal is to get a studio. Like I would like to be able to have a studio to create content. And then, so obviously, you know, I, you know, if you guys have the ability or you have the access or you're in town or whatever it may be, that studio obviously will have a podcast room that will be completely 100% available to you. If you guys still want to do the call in thing like you do now, you're welcome to do that. If we have a guest, you can actually have a table for them. Um, yeah. Fuji mats sent me like $8,000 worth of mats. And so I haven't been able to do anything with those mats because they sent me those mats literally right before COVID. So my mm. goal was to do these like open mats around the country. I was like, Let, I'm going to travel a little bit and take the yeah. mats with me and we'll do some open mat stuff. And my goal was to do a whole bunch here until I raised up enough funds to be able to get somebody else in another city, in another uh, state, to be able to like host one at the same time. And then we would do right. these open mats all at the same time and they would have themes to them. So like the open mat, like one night, one month would be like kickboxing. And then the next month would be like no gi. And then the month after that would be gi. And then every month, once a month, there would be this open mat where everybody from every martial arts school around, no martial art excluded, can come and just train, just have a good time. No politics, none of that garbage. You come here, we're going to enjoy ourselves and have a good time. I'm going to have a DJ and it was called, it's called Kung Fu Theater. So like we did one here in Jacksonville, which was absolutely amazing. We did it at the Museum of Science and History inside the dome. Like, you know, where they have the uh, the planetarium and right. we have the Kung Fu movie playing on the planetarium. And like what I noticed is like when I was rolling with people during that event, like the Kung Fu noises that come they lining up with us trying to like break grips and stuff. It was just really fun. It was it was also like because it wasn't like it was so open that there was a point where everybody was just kind of tired of rolling for a second. And then somebody was showing something and somebody walked over and was like, hey, can you show me that again? And next thing you know, there's like a crowd just watching someone show a technique. And everybody's like, that's dope. Then people would just practice it on their own. Then people would start free rolling again. It was just like what I feel like it should be fun. It was just like a hang. Exactly. Exactly. It was like super cheap. I think I only did it for like 10 bucks. You show up 10 bucks, you can roll with as many people as you want. We did it for two hours straight. People, another goal of it was that people who don't do martial arts could show up and pay their entry fee and just watch the Kung Fu movie. Like they get a free access to a movie and if they want to see real martial arts, they can. And if they want to participate, they can. It's, it's an open environment. Man, I'm thinking, I'm thinking after the documentary that the McDojo Invitational, you know, put on some, some sort of a tournament. I would love to do stuff like that. I think that the thing is, is that, that at the end of the day, the real ultimate goal of, the brand is to make martial arts better. That's literally the 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 goal. Mark keeping martial arts legitimate, right. and a part of that keeping it legitimate is to remember that not everybody's goals are the same. And martial arts can be very toxic at times because so many people will down people and project their own personal garbage onto people who don't have their goals. Oh, you don't fight, then that doesn't matter. 
oh, you never compete, then you don't matter. Like, no, you all matter. Like, if your goal is to go and just hang out and have a good time, yeah. why do I care? That does not affect my personal goals at all. Yep. You know, so I just, I think that we can nurture that environment to where we're not putting everybody else down. I think that we should defend it from frauds, people who are really ripping people off, people who are lying about their belt rank and fight record, because if you lie about that, you'll lie about anything else. I think that people who are pedophiles should not be in the industry whatsoever. I think that we should protect it from people who are uh, misguiding or misleading technique. So like if you're doing cardio kickboxing and you're trying to convince your students that they're going to be world-class kickboxers, you're lying to them. You're putting them in a position where now mentally you're screwing with them and they think they can do something they physically cannot do. And so the ultimate goal here is not to just bash people randomly. It really is to bring people closer and tighter together. And we can all defend against those things equally as a team, as a unit, as a group, as a experience. And uh, it just really irks me sometimes that martial artists in general think that they're not being McDojo's when they're some of the biggest ones on the planet. Oh, you <laughs> you try to train over there? Why why you no train here? How come you got to train over there? You know, like you no train here no more. It's like you're a piece of garbage if that's your coach. Like I'm sorry if you are that coach. Like if that's your coach, run for the hills. Um, because that's a cult. If they're trying to stop you from doing things that you would like to do on the outside of their gym, they can get the finger and then I'll take my services. I'll, I'll go get my services from someone else. You know, no, that's, that's great. You want to build the community and, and, you know, in, in appreciating the different outcomes that people are seeking, you know, cause there's some dudes that, that want to take on the world. They want to be the next ADCC champ or MMA champ, et cetera. Some of us, want to try to get two to three times a weekend away from the family where we can actually like, you know, get some mental health help and, uh, and physical fitness and, uh, and, and every variation in between. And, and, and you're right. You know, the more, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I'm going to say like, I've been really happy with, with the multiple States I've trained in almost every group has been really cool, like in accepting and maybe that's been in quality martial arts places, but like, that's what it is. Like, we all should accept what people want and, and, and just be inclusive and say, Hey, Hey brother, you're, you're one of us. You might not be like the killer that's like trying to go out and, you know, win all this comps, but you're still growing out here. So I, thank I, you. I mean, I, I think that you, you hit the nail on the head, man. It's like this feeling accepted in a place and a world where that is so exclusive now to where if there are people who will disown family members because they simply voted differently. You know, there are people who won't accept the fact that you have a different opinion and that automatically makes you some type of evil person because your opinion doesn't line up with theirs. I, I've said this for years and I stand by it. And it's very important to me to reiterate that I believe the reason that I try to protect martial arts so much is because it's the most honest of fighting another human being is the most honest moment you're going to have with yourself and someone else. And when you go on the mat, no one cares about your politics, your religious views. They don't care if you're black, white, purple. No one cares about what you do on the weekends. In that moment, this is our honesty. And, if, if, and to give an example of that, whenever you have a fight with a spouse, significant other, whatever that might be, you, you hear truth. You hear them say, well, you said this and you did this. Those are truths. They're not lying to you at that moment. They were saving the truth to attack you with. And so they didn't want to hurt your feelings before, but now they don't care about hurting your feelings. So the truth comes out when you fight another human being. Now on the mat, that's a beautiful thing because at that moment when you were in another alter, when an altercation that's mutual for mutual benefit, 
what happens is you find out a lot about that person and yourself. How tough are you really when somebody who weighs outweighs you by 150 pounds has a neon belly and is crushing the soul out of you? You know, are you really as tough as you think you are? Um, or how good are you? Did you train? Did you not train? Are you uh, serious about comp competition? Are you not serious about competition? Are you direct? Because direct people fight very direct. Are you sneaky? Sneaky people fight, fight very sneakily because that's how their thought process works. And so to me, that's why I picked the logo we have. Uh, you know, the Tory means a sacred place. When you walk and see a Tory, that means you're about to enter a sacred place. And so martial arts to me is extremely sacred thing. It is a beautiful thing. It's one of the rare times where you have 100% honesty with another human being. But if you notice that there are scars on our Tory, like if you look, there are two scars on that Tory and they represent two things. One, the scars on my face, right? A little narcissism hitting you for a second. And then <laughs> is the fact that there are flaws in the martial arts industry. So as sacred as it is, it is still flawed, but we can fix that. We can do it as a community. We can make it better. And so it's very important to me that we as a team make this better. It's never been about me. Like it's, it, I just happen to be the guy in charge, but that's not about me. It's about making the community care. You know, like if we can do that shit, we can, we can might be able to change things for the better for the world. Who knows? You know, that shit that you say about peeing in the pool, that shit always gets me. That shit is funny as fuck. Don't pee What's in that? the pool. Oh yeah. What peeing in the pool? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like that, when you think about it, right? Like that's, that's us. If we're like, let's say every martial artist, I guess I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's say every martial artist is in a pool, a public swimming pool, right? You got a, you got Taekwondo floating over there, having a good time. Karate's over there. What's up, man? You got like <laughs> jujitsu over there. You know, everybody's hanging out. Hell, we'll even let Aikido in there. He's got floaties, but he's still <laughs> he's, he's cool. He's special, but he's like our special. And so then all of a sudden, here comes George Dillman. And he waddles up to the pool and he just whips it out and he starts peeing into the pool. Not in the pool, mind you, standing on the edge of the pool, just blatantly having at it. And then everybody looks at that. You have an option. You can say, hey, dude, put that away. Stop mm -hmm. peeing in the pool. Like, we're in here. Or you could do what a lot of people do and you can ignore that. And so he's just going to keep doing it. You're not stopping him. You're not telling him to stop. He already started doing it. He's going to keep doing it. And then, you know, you get like an Ashita Kim come up, right? And he's like, oh, we're peeing in here? All right, cool, I'm going to pee in here too. And next thing you know, there are more bad martial artists peeing into the pool than there are good ones. And so what happens? Would you stay in the pool that was full of urine? I personally am not. So then by that time, it's too late. You get out of the pool because they've tainted it. Because you decided not to say anything, not to do anything, not to make it better in any way. You accepted it. And now, by the time we come back to the pool, it's just destroyed it's just no less than it was it's just piss <laughs> i mean for as weird as that analogy is i mean that is that is what it is it is what it is yeah. or we could do something about it before it's too late because eventually if we allow it to continue it will fill up that pool let me ask you this you've put in so much time in the documentary what happens after the documentary you're still doing the videos every week is there another goal that you're looking to reach after the documentary? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I'm writing a book right now. Um, yeah. And so that particular thing is an autobiography because I've had a really weird life in martial arts, um, you know, like a starting martial arts. You know, I was beaten pretty badly in school. Um, and so 
Um, you know, I was uh, fighting at Club Plush in Jacksonville um, when I was 15 years old. And at the time, that was those evenings were 21 and up. <laughs> and so the only people I could fight at 15 years old were like grown adults. The first dude I ever fought was like 30 something years old. I used um, to go, bro. I used to enjoy the fights. It's a, it, but you know, things like that, you know, like I have like so many stories that I've been fortunate to be able to, to, to experience, to be able to do my job better. Um, and so getting that information out there is cool. And plus, like, it, I think it's like a more of like a therapy kind of thing for me. It's just like getting my information out there about like what's happened mm -hmm. to me. And maybe that helps people. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe people are interested. Maybe they're not. But for me, whether anyone buys it or anybody reads the book at all, it's just good for me to get it out there on paper. Mm -hmm. um, it'll just be therapeutic, I think. Um, also, right now, uh, me and the production company, we're already talking about like the what's next, because obviously once that hits, it's good to have a couple projects. So we have a couple scripted and unscripted ideas. Um, one of those uh, scripted ideas is that, uh, unscripted, I apologize, is about going to martial arts studios that are suffering and not doing well financially and flipping them and trying to make them better schools. So that way they can be successful and doing a show about that. Um, very Gordon Ramsay style, but less of a douche. Yeah. <laughs> and, a little uh, more rescue. What is this? What are you doing? <laughs> oh, dude. I, so, I, you know, because you've known me for a while now, Wallo, but, you know, I've been doing consulting work for businesses for a really long time. I actually make majority of my money from McDoja Life by doing consulting work for businesses. And mm. so, like. A dude hired me out, right? So he hired me out for an hour consultation online. This is a truth. This really happened. Yeah. So he hires me out for an hour consultation online. We get online. I'm like, all right, I need you to get some of these numbers together for me. And I go, let's go ahead and take a look at your social media. So I pull up his social media. And his specific problem was he wasn't getting students to go, uh, join his program. Students were not coming in. So I was like, okay, let me take a look at your social media. I pull up his social media page. And there is nothing, it literally was like so-and-so's martial arts academy or whatever, right? So it was a business page. Yeah. And in the header, it like said the phone number, the website, all that good stuff. But then in the posts, there was no posts about martial arts at all. Not one. It was all politics. It literally was. Oh. So like I told the dude, I was like, yo, man, um, maybe step one is post about martial arts instead of politics. And he argued with me the entire hour. Cause I wasn't going to let it go. Cause that is the problem. Like, yeah, you know, that's people are looking at that. I was like, if all you're doing is posting about politics, you could be, if all he was doing was posting about clowns, he wouldn't be getting students. If all that he was doing is posting about crayons, he wouldn't be getting <laughs> students because you're a martial arts school. You should probably post about martial arts. It's easy to understand, but he didn't get it. He was like, that can't possibly be it. And I was having like this Gordon Ramsay moment where I was like, is this where I should be yelling at you? <laughs> I feel like I should have. You're <laughs> like, a donkey. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that's what right. What is wrong with you? Like he basically paid you to argue with him, dude. He paid me for the hour. I was his hour to, to waste. So I was I was doing my job. So like, thanks for the money, brother. It's like at the end of the hour, it's like, hey, thank you for the for the money. Uh, you're not gonna make it. You probably should quit now. Yeah, like this is not for you, brother. Like, yeah. Oh, like, so, uh, uh, Rob, uh, just to give a little service to a guy that comes here a lot, Tiago over here, uh, Rezi, uh, he's had an issue with his uh, dojo because um, he doesn't. He's not there to compete. He, he's he's like myself. He's he's a he's a middle aged dad. Okay. Sorry, Tiago, you're younger than me. I'm sure. <laughs> but you know, you're 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 dad. It's not about competing. 
And apparently, because he's not about the competition life, they're not like they don't really care about him. So he's thinking about switching jobs or switching dojos. Pardon me. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that? Um, I think that we treat we try to treat martial arts like it's something different than any other business, but it's not. It really is. It works this way. I'm going to a facility specifically to pay for a service. That service is supposed to help me reach my personal goals, whatever mm -hmm. that personal goal may be. If I go to a facility that is not providing me with what my personal goals are, it's not a personal thing. This is a business transaction. And so if you you have the opportunity to actually speak with that coach, which I would always suggest first, you know, go to that coach and say, not in public, pull them off to the side, be respectful and say, hey, you know, like I feel this way <clears throat> because they're not mind readers. They're just people. And so if you go to them and be respectful and let them know, they will let you know what you should do. They're going to tell you because if I go to like, let's say a Publix for anybody who is not down in Florida, like are not doesn't have, it's a, it's a grocery store. So if I go to a grocery store, any grocery store, and I'm looking for a very specific item, I would never think twice about not going back to that grocery store if they did not provide me with the product I was looking for. If I was trying to get a mechanic to do something specific on my car and they did not provide that service, I would not think twice about going to another mechanic. I would just go to another mechanic that provides the service I'm looking for. Martial arts is the same way. You have to treat it that way. If not, you're kind of putting yourself in this diluted cult-like mentality. Mm -hmm. It's a service. And so when you go, if that business does not provide the service that you're looking for, it is okay to go to another business that does. It's not dojo versus dojo. It's not personal. It's just the fact that you have a goal and that goal might change. So let, let's say another instance is let's say two years and they help you reach your goals and they've always helped you reach your goals. And then at the end of the two years, you set new goals like most people should. We change. We become different people. And when you go there, all of a sudden your goals change, but that gym no longer provides that service that helps you reach those goals. It's OK to go to another gym. This is not a gang. You don't have to feel obligated to stay there, and it's not personal. It's just okay to go. You you shake hands. You, you're respectful, and you say, you know what? I, I think that I'm going to go ahead and just uh, end now. Um, you don't even have to tell them, by the way, because you would never tell any other service, You like unless you were actually angry at them. Like you'd store, I'm never shopping at this Walmart again. Like, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that way. If that really was the case, most of the time, you would just probably never come back. Like that would, that would be it, and that would be over. If they're good at their job, they will call you. That's their job. Hey, man, I'm just checking on you, making sure you're okay. I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks. You know, oh, you're oh, you're done. Okay, hey, I understand. Was it? Could you give me a little feedback as to why? Okay, well, we'll work on fixing that. I want to let you know that I understand that they're going to help you reach your goals over at that facility, but we're going to work on changing to make our facility better as well. And you are welcome to come back at any time. That is professionalism. And yep. they're like, oh, you, you, you go train over there. Oh, okay. You never come back here no more. Well, guess what? Kiss my ass two times because you're right. I won't come back here anymore. It's a service that you're paying for. So you should never mm -hmm. feel obligated to stay there. Hopefully and so I, I don't know if you've seen that, but uh, I, I felt that a little bit too. Um, you know, because I'm, I'm working dad. Um, so I, I'm, I'm the, I'm the six o'clock crowd, you know, and, and seeing <laughs> I've actually seen this on, I think it was, it was a post on uh, BMAX Discord, like the 6 a.m. crowd, it's a bunch of full old dads. They're just trying to get a little bit of uh, action before they, you know, go to work uh -huh. so the family can't take it away from them. And I'm like, I'm like guilty as charged. That's me. 
Um, You're doing it. You know, know, so, well, not right now because I got knee surgery, so I'm I'm, I'm broke. But, uh, um, thanks, thanks, Molo. You're an asshole. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a friend, so he can give me shit and I (laughs) destroy him when he feels like every every time I'm like, hey, well, let's let's go see each other in Decatur. Like, oh, my shoulder. I, I can't train. It's so bad. So, you know, he's not Brazilian, but I, I think I give that voice to him. He's making he's making fun of my speech impediment. I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's cool. cool. Speech impediment. <laughs> well, most people call it an accent. My brother calls it a speech impediment. Well, either way. Ah, <laughs> oh, potatoes, um, potatoes. <laughs> so anyway, so you know, going back to the point, like you know, my my six a.m. classes I go to here in you know where I in area 53 as wallow would say um is great because it's 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 a gracie school even though i'm a 10th planet guy but they're really cool mm. and and they're accepting i go mostly no gi times and it's just good you know it's good for my mental health it's good for everything else and they don't care that i'm not a competitor i'm sure like the afternoons evenings they get the competition classes and it's good so maybe you know maybe tiago Maybe there's different times you could go that are like non-competition times. Like like that's oh, what yeah. the classes. Might look for when the sixty-year-olds train. You know the white belts, the new ones. Just go beat their ass. As I know, I think Wall is older than me. Just to point that one out. <laughs> How old are you, Wallow? How old are you, Wallow? Now forty-six. Forty-six. Okay. How old are you? Forty-three. Oh damn! I'm the young in here. I'm 37. I just turned 37 too. Yeah, you're a young Itch. pup, buddy. You're yeah. a young pup. I, 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 my body has been very abused over the years, but that's okay. This uh, limp and uh, memory problem. Ah, who needs memory? It's all you're only gonna remember the bad stuff anyway. <laughs> I, I have, I have used certain parts of my body too. You know. Uh, trust me, brother. I, I, I have early onset arthritis <laughs> on both knees. If I need surgeries, yes, I, yeah. I get some mileage too. You're, we're all probably like, oh, your knee hurts too. <laughs> it must be the weather. Shit, it's gonna rain. My knees hurt. <laughs> yes, yes. You're, you're thinking about the um, um, goddamn the the yeah the one where it's like my 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 hand, my knee, then my head like. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, it's humbling. I don't mean to interrupt, but it just no. like it made me think about this. But I, I don't know if you guys know um, Corey Taylor. Um, I was just going to talk to you about him. So go ahead. Corey, Corey is an absolute animal on the mat, right? He was a special forces gentleman in the military. And then when he got out of the military, he needed something to uh, help him out uh, adapt, I guess you could say. Um, mm-hmm. And he used martial arts as that outlet, which is absolutely incredible. And I was his first striking coach. And I taught him for a very long time. And then uh, now, you know, I like after getting older and like taking time off, then I go back and he's just this absolute beast who like trains all the time. And he's so good and so talented. And now he's beating up on, you know, the old guy. And then it's like, dude, what the, what the hell? So like this getting old stuff blows. Like, <laughs> Not only that, that but shout out to him for uh, creating uh, or recreating the Stockton slap and it's now the Duval slap. Oh dude, he slapped the doo-doo out of that guy. It, and My it, god, that was just, so amazing. I was like, yeah. Well, the guy, so like when Corey was coming up for his fight, Corey's the guy already was in the ring 
and or the cage, sorry. And then Corey's doing his walkout. And then, like, as Corey's doing his walkout, the guy is like mm. screaming in the cage. Like, dude, like, what's wrong with you? And he's just <laughs> and then like he starts like he's talking to someone else in the crowd that I guess he was having beef mm. with. And but it looks like he's talking to Corey and he's telling Corey to suck it. And he's like, you know, like try it looks like he's talking directly to Corey and like yeah. downing him. And Corey gets in the ring nice and relaxed, ready to go, knowing he's gonna murder this man with his hands. And then, like, <laughs> you know, they start moving around. And one of the things that Corey heard during his training camp was that the guy hit hard. And yeah. so that was like a big deal. It was like because that guy took the fight um on like a two weeks notice. And apparently he was like very uh, uh, skilled at boxing, at least. And that's what Corey had heard. Yeah. Um, and so Corey gets in there and that was his only worry in the fight. And then Corey got hit and the guy almost like, I'm I'm not going to really make fun of the dude too much, but like he almost like does one of those and hits Corey and Corey takes it. And he's like, laughs, like literally, like if you watch the fight, he laughs out loud, like when he gets hit. Mm-hmm. And he just couldn't help it. He's like, ah! <laughs> and then I thought like, you hit hard. And then he's, he's like, I thought you hit hard and slaps the doo-doo out of that man in the face. And then after so amazing. he comes back and he hits him with the hook cross. And the dude got hit so hard that when Corey came back to try to hit him again, like the dude just was done and just fell back and it was over. It was an amazing fight. It was a delayed reaction for sure. Because that when he hit him with a hook. And, mm. and then there's like a split second and you see Corey about to load on that next punch that there was just like boom oh, and i hope so, he's okay because because he got he got rocked pretty bad and when I he mean, went down Corey was just like oh he was ready to murder that man but it was yeah. like the you know Corey's mm. one of those dudes that puts in the work and he's one of those people that i think that the martial arts community needs more of because he's pretty much mm. liked wherever he goes because yeah. it's respectful and I think that that's kind of something we need, you know, honor, integrity, respect, that kind of thing. Um, so it was kind of interesting whenever I mm-hmm. see him interacting with all these other killers and he'll just like walk into the room, be like, what's up, Corey? It's like, oh, dude, that's I'm so proud of him for all the accomplishments that he's been able to do. It's absolutely amazing. And by the way, he's one of the only like if anybody knows me, you know that I stick to my content. Like, that's important to me. My content on my Instagram is almost all fraudulent martial arts all day long because it never stops. So, like, I'm relentless. Like, if you look, my sponsors don't even get sponsored posts. Like, they don't get, like, hey, you should drink Kill Clip. I don't do that crap. Like, they every post, I'll add them in the description, but that's not what this is for. I'm not Mm -hmm. a salesman, but he was, like, one of the only posts where I was, like, hey, man, I just want to give a shout-out to so-and-so because I'm super Mm -hmm. proud of them for all the hard work and stuff. And Mitch. You know, Combat Night is incredible, and he's the only promoter that I've seen. I won't say the only promoter. He's one of the only promoters I've seen that I can say I trust. Yeah, let's let's not get into fire pay because we already talked about that at Notion. Hey, um, <laughs> just real quick, to uh, give some of the comments out there. I can't um, read them, man. My I, I know. You, you all have your portals on you. Because yeah, you're yeah, old. Yeah. This is some old man eyes. Yeah, so, uh-huh. um, so, you know. There's some back and forth between Tiago and Brave Little Spidey, et cetera. Are there any questions for Rob? That's that's gonna be it. That's 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 the main thing. So, no, so Rob no in his lives responds to everyone's questions, comments, etc. Yeah. So I thought in, in, in the spirit, at least give a little bit of love. For sure. Um, I'm more than happy to answer anything. It's just a little right. different here. Um, the setup's different, but I'm happy to answer. Um, anything. So if you see anything that sticks out, let's pop it up on the screen, man. I'm yeah, happy. for sure. So I, I think the big deal is that um, 
Tiago saying that there are other dads as well at his gym, uh, 0652. Uh, but still, we are all treated as less important, and we don't even bother not to show it. So they like they feel, you know, kind of. There you go. They're put on trying. <laughs> the my my glasses. Um, but I mean, I, I think you already kind of hit this point. Like, it's a service. If you're not getting what you need, go somewhere else. So it, you know, to to go with the analogy that martial arts is kind of like a little bit of a religion. Right, so we can go even back to like um, Canterbury Tales, Chaucer, where the parson was actually the, the one good person. So, the one you know, you find the local guy that actually has what, what makes you happy. You know, if, if there's a certain martial artist, he doesn't have to be the best, but if he's there for you and takes care of you and trains you and gives you a little bit of like some guidance, and you know, it's not like Oh, this guy's not has doesn't have the best pedigree, but if he's the person that like cares about you and supports you, then go there. That's my idea for Tiago. Absolutely, um, and I'll give you just an example. You already do that. Everybody already does this in their life. Let's imagine there's a show that you absolutely love, right? And you only have time during your day after work to watch one show, and so the show that you watch is your show. And so you get excited when it comes on. You get excited when you have the opportunity to continue to watch it. And so for like three seasons, you love this show. And then season four rolls around and you just don't like it anymore. It's okay to watch another show, right? No one would down you for that. You got out of it what you could. And then it no longer was providing you with that joy that you liked. And so you watched another show. It's okay to change the channel. All right. I got a question here for you. Says any plans on a documentary on women and these terrible women self-defense videos? So misleading and gives a false sense of security. So there's a couple things I have to say about that. One, we will cover that type of thing in our documentary because that's a huge deal in the industry, especially with things like um, I forget her name off the top of my head. I'm sure it'll come back to me in a second. Um it's a, it's a weird thing that I can remember certain things, but not others. But when it comes to um, women's self-defense, uh, there was a business insider has a branch, like a subsidiary company called Tech Insider. And Tech Insider released a whole bunch of these really terrible women's self-defense videos that were done by this lady who had no clue what she was talking about. Um, and so this lady was talking about how to get out of a mount. And she was like, if you wiggle your hips, you'll hit them in the groin with your hip bones. I've been like, yo, dude, I've been doing jujitsu for a long time. And there's been a lot of wiggling. I got to tell you, that's never happened to me. So like, <laughs> that's not true at all. But like, they put these people in charge because they just happen to be people they know. Instead of like a company like a Business Insider, Tech Insider, Five Minute Crafts, or any of these other companies, they can afford to pay someone who knows what they're doing. They just choose not to. And in my opinion, that's 100% negligence. You're choosing to put out misinformation based on the fact that this person's cheaper, more readily available. That That's garbage. Like if you're going to put out the information, make sure that the person who's putting out the information knows what they're talking about. You know, make sure that that's priority one, because like that in turn is going to go out to millions of people who are going to watch that. And some of them are going to turn around and think, well, this person seems to know what they're doing. So if I want to continue my education, I'm going to find someone similar to that and then continue my studies with them when it might be just snake oil. Um, and so it's, I, well, I do a documentary by itself. 
Uh, no, but it will be a part of our documentary. The second part of that, just to kind of speed it up, is uh, me and Icy Mike did a two-part video about this, this whole conversation about that. And I suggest go check that out because we go into a deep dive. It was like a three-hour conversation chopped up into like two 20-minute episodes. I definitely want to watch that. Like you and Icy Mike are like two of my favorite YouTubers. Mike is dope, man. Mike is just very straightforward individual, and he really tries to help out like upcoming YouTubers and stuff. Yeah. He's a good dude, man. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I got on that list. Bam! (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you're both very, very real. Um, And again, you know, talking to the guys in the comments, um, it's just about the community and and taking care of each other. And, And so, like, you know, there's a lot of comments out there. I'm not going to hit them all, but like, you know, I think your comment, Rob, is that like we should all be out there to help each other and, and to make sure people get what they need. And that's that's the point. And they're all stop, period. There you go. Exclamation point. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm going to stop this cool by you bullshit and I'm going to ask you some real hard questions right now. Do it. Do what it. the fuck happened to Commander Brown from the Detroit uh, <laughs> Urban Survival Tactics? Yeah, you're talking my language, <laughs> homie. I mean, it seems oh, like these 10 minutes of fame just poof. Well, so a couple things people forget. One, Dale Brown's dead serious about the things that he's saying. He is that person. That is not a character. That is him. Dale Brown means those things that he is saying. What? Yeah, Dale Brown is not a character. It's not a joke, bro. That is, he is just so out of his mind with the things that he says that people don't believe that he could possibly mean those things, but he absolutely 100% does. Two, Dale Brown owes back taxes on one of his uh, buildings from Detroit from like 2017. Go look it up. It's public information. Three, his (laughs) building right now is not in Detroit. His building is 30 minutes away from Detroit. (laughs) So like... It's, it's not it's not Detroit urban survival training. It's uh, Ferndale. Ferndale urban survival. <laughs> Surrounding Detroit Bust. area Bust. survival. And, and Dale Brown, like, yeah, he got his 15 minutes of fame. Basically, what people forget is like, oh, my God, Rob, you helped make that guy famous. All right, I'll give you I'll give you a couple points here. All right. People who want to talk about Dale. First of all, the first major post that I posted about Dale Brown when I made that post. He had less followers on every platform than I did. That's a fact. When I posted a video about him teaching his daughter that she could dodge bullets, it's still up on my TikTok, by the way, that went viral in a way that I did not expect. And by the way, if you know me, I typically don't dox these people on any other channel except for my YouTube because I have a little more um, leeway with their policies and procedures. But if you look right there, right? uh, Hold on, I'll show you. Right there, if you can see. That particular video, if I hope that you can see the actual number, yes. that's 17 million views. So that post went so viral, and that was one of the only posts that I actually tagged him in. And it says, Dust, you should be ashamed of yourself for teaching this garbage. That was the only thing I said, and tagged his page. That went so viral, people started doing these, um, what do they call it? Uh, the, the mocking of us. Uh- Yes, they would like take it and they would do like duels with it or whatever, where it was like that thing and them and people would like went, they took off with it and like out of nowhere, this thing blows up and then people start learning about who Dale Brown is. What they forget is Dale Brown's been doing this forever. Dale Brown had a a Vice documentary done about him like a decade well before I had ever called him out. 
Dale Brown has been teaching or having his security company inside Detroit for a long mm -hmm. time. Hence why you see them wearing those goofy outfits. Those are people because that's just a uniform required for his, uh, that's the uniform required for Where's his cult for, yeah, his cult, the cult of Dale Brown. Cause Dale Brown can do no wrong as by his, his people. Um, but then Dale Brown does this amazing thing and he'll contradict himself so much, but here's my major issue. My real issue with Dale Brown. All right. Right now, Dale Brown is internationally known as the face of incompetence. You're welcome. <laughs> People know yes, that he is. They, they see Dale Brown. I saw a post. I, this is legit. I saw a post. I was scrolling through, right? And there was a walking group. Like, you know how Instagram will sometimes suggest posts to you? Then I got suggested a post that was a meme that was done by a group that is a walking group. And they used him as an example of how to walk wrong. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know you could walk wrong. But apparently people in the walking community think that he is also garbage. Um, but when it comes to Dale, the issue is Dale's a, a legit narcissist. How do you know that? Dale Brown has the eyes of the world on him. He has Navy SEALs. How do we know? Because I'm sponsored by a Navy SEAL run company. He has Navy SEALs making fun of his stuff. Um, he has special forces operators making fun of his stuff. He has professional fighters making fun of his stuff. He has uh, tactical firearms instructors making fun of his stuff. And all of these people from the upper echelons of what they do are telling him that what he is doing is incorrect. If you cared about your community and your students, what you would do is take a step back and go, you know what? Well, let's see if you can provide a better way. So like Mr. Navy SEAL, I would love for you to come down and show me a better way. Have a seminar here. Show us. I'm not challenging you. I don't want to fight you. I want to legitimately learn. Hey, Mr. UFC fighter, like Uriah Hall's called that dude out on my show. Uriah Hall, hey, man, you are you're you have one of the best knockouts in UFC history. Could you come down and ask me a seminar here so I can learn how to get better at my job? I would love that. But he doesn't do that. He just says, I'm from the streets. I'm from Detroit, so all my stuff works because we use it in the hood. No, it worked. Like, let me get this straight. So his claim to fame that he, he does is saying that he's never had someone die during his, his like security routines. Well, you know what? I know a lot of dildo salesmen who've never died on the job either. Does that mean <laughs> you know, like Detroit? Oh, it's so violent. Then you're so you're literally saying without you in Detroit, like there are no other security companies. There's a lot. You're not the only one. You're oh my god, you do so much for the community. You mean like what teaching crap martial arts to people who were paying you high dollar? Dude charged like four hundred dollars an hour last time I checked for a private lesson, you know? Like, but yeah, he's doing good for the community. If you call him, it's a dollar a minute. His security company, if you call them out to help and wait for you for the police, is a dollar a minute from the time you make that phone call. So them driving out, they're gonna charge you for, which I do believe is fifteen dollars flat. For them to show up which isn't bad and then all they do is a security company they just wait there and if you look at any of his videos like he's like talking about being real right one of his videos he posted up there he was like look at this man who was like accosting someone in their home it's behind a steel gate the dude's on the other side of the gate dale's on this side of the gate like what what did you have to do the gate was already doing all the work. <laughs> oh, my God. So, uh, so at the end of the day, man, like Dale is going to have his 15 minutes of fame. But what, what people didn't realize was this is a long game. This is not a short game. Okay, so he got well known for being the international face of incompetence. So how did he get there? He was a smart businessman. He restricted all the comments that he had. So you don't see any of the negative ones. Any person who would make a negative comment, he would delete the negative comment. You, you can't make a comment on his Instagram unless you followed him. That's how the restriction thing works. 
So he's pumping people into his thing and people are saying, oh my God, this guy has all these followers. Oh my God, all these people love what he does. He's controlling the narrative. Right. And then like on, on, like then there are people like myself, I offered Dale Brown. I said, I'd pay for his flight. I'd pay for his hotel. I'd pay for his food for him to meet me at a neutral facility, which means not his facility for legal reasons at a neutral facility. I would meet him Very there smart. and then we would pressure test his stuff. And his response to me was to block me. So like, and then he picks and chooses who he works with. If you've noticed, like the only real martial artist, like real, real, like I, I, he did like an MMA guy, right? That dude is like 110 pounds. Like that's a very tiny man that he decided to go like work with. And then that guy also said like, I only used him to get notoriety. Oh, no, no. You're talking about Buckley. I'm talking about a different guy. Oh, pardon me. I apologize. Yeah. So like the Buckley thing for sure, like the Buckley thing was specifically for clout because Buckley on his Instagram before like he even announced that he was going to be doing stuff. He was like the most viewed knockout on TikTok or something like that. He literally was wanting followers. It wasn't like he was hiding it. And then when he gets into the ring is the best thing ever. Cause people were like, why didn't you post about the Buckley thing? I was like, Buckley did my job for me. As soon as he, <laughs> the fight, he was the, the mic got put in his face. He was like, I want to thank Dale Brown for all the people watching and all the extra views I got. It's like, okay, well that proves my theory. <laughs> like, yeah. And then Dale Brown talks about how, you know, for years, he's like, MMA training is ridiculous. MMA training isn't for the streets. We don't bother with that crap. But then some reason he needs like somebody, he needs validation from the MMA community. Like that's what you needed. Like you're going to use Buckley to be legit and Buckley's going to use you for views. Yeah, It's mm-hmm. not hidden secret. And then he's just going to be like contradictory to himself because now he needs it. Well, now all he's left with without that attention is he's left as the international face of incompetence. And so what's going to happen is eventually he's going to like, he'll come to a point where people like myself, Tom DeBlass and things like that, he'll start reaching out to us and he'll be like, yo, I want to do it. And you know what I'm going to say? I'm good. Yeah. It's I'm good. over. No, you had your moment. You had your chance. I gave you the so, Yeah. He didn't take what was it that DeBlass was, was offering. It was like 50 grand, right? It's oh. a female like Brown or probably. Yeah. Any of his female students. It, it was so. And something a lot of people don't know about my real personal beef, that's business beef. Like that's business. Personal beef is with Dale Brown is that he originally, when I made the breakdown about him, I I said my opinion and he came back with a rebuttal and he invited me to go up to Detroit to his facility to test his stuff. I'm never going to go to your facility for legal reasons. Like a couple of things. One, you can can trespass me before I even walk on your, into your door. So if I paid all this money and I get there, you can just say no. Two, if I get there, you can kick me out for trespassing at any time. Three, just because I get there doesn't mean that you're going to allow me to film. Just because I film doesn't mean that you're going to allow me to put that out to the public. And then if someone does get hurt and we have this public argument or conversation, you could use that in court saying that I had a premeditated crime because I went there with the intent of harming someone. I'm not stupid. Like, And this isn't my first rodeo. I've been doing this for a decade of calling out people. Dale's a drop in the bucket. Right. He's like, I, I call out a new fraud every day. I move on. Right. And so what 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 is interesting about Dale, though, is like I, I agree. I said, I am willing to meet up with you. I said, but at the time, my stepfather was dying of um of Alzheimer's and it was very rough. It was a very rough time. Yeah. For me. And if you guys know, like I never stopped posting, I never stopped working even during that time because this means a lot to me, too. But 
I had to take time for my family and I didn't know when he would pass, but it was very soon. <laughs> Hospice care was happening in home. So like it was, yeah. so I told him, I was like, look, man, I don't think this is going to happen until at least November because of that. And I told him why. And so when I told him that, um, he, he kind of let it go. Um, but then like literally the, like first, I think it was like the first day of November or something like that. My, my stepfather literally had just passed away like a day or two before that. And we're planning the funeral now and we're planning the arrangements and what's going to happen. And he like, he hits me up. He's like, are you ready now? And I was like, Hey man, I just not right now. Like this just happened. And then he starts posting on his stories because he wants those to disappear. He doesn't post those on his post. He starts posting on his stories about how like I was a coward and like, I'm not going to come show up and all that good stuff. He's like screenshotting things. And it's like, I didn't say I wasn't going to show up. I told you exactly why. And so now he's using this opportunity that he knows that like, I'm going through like a death in the family, which I would never do to him, by the way, I'd never do to anybody. And then especially someone who's close to you. And then he's like heckling me online during this time. And it's like, now you're definitely a huge piece of garbage. And so like, the beauty of this is, is that again, Dale Brown is writing that out. He's doing his thing. Congratulations on his business success. That will only last so long because eventually what's going to happen is all these people recognize him as the face of fraud. And that's cool. You have all that notoriety. That's awesome. But you are the international face of incompetence. So he can enjoy that all he would like. But at the end of the day, he's a piece of shit. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to end it here. Before we go, give a shout out to the sponsors, you know, that uh, support you, basically, you know, your, your Kill Cliffs, your RDXs. Tell us all about them. Somebody just said, uh, hold on, I got to address this. He's sure. just a security business. He doesn't have martial arts training, so I can't say he's teaching martial arts. No, that um, I apologize. I know uh, Brave Little Spidey has been nothing but supportive, but unfortunately, with this particular one, you would be incorrect because he does have a martial arts facility where students do go pay to learn martial arts. So he is a martial arts instructor as well. Now he does have a security company. That is true, but he also has a martial arts instruction company, um, Detroit Urban Survival Training in Ferndale. So um, yeah, so he does do that as well. But yes, he, he is teaching people martial arts for sure. Um, but anyway, I'm sorry about that. What were you saying, Walla? No, just to give a shout out to the sponsors. Yeah, man. Well, thank you to Kill Cliff, uh, run by Navy SEALs. Um, it is a clean energy drink. They have been nothing but amazing to me. And I appreciate that because they help keep the machine rolling. Um, thank you to Free Sleeve and RDX Sports. Thank you to the homies over at Epic Roll um, who helped with the apparel. And I know you guys have a, a sponsor as well for apparel and stuff like that too, which is pretty dope. And who's that? No, we don't. Oh, wait, we did. But unfortunately, they're no longer in business. Oh, well, that sucks. <laughs> uh, thanks, Epic Roll. You're still going good. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, man. but yeah the, like people and like you guys man like the the whole goal is hopefully as time goes on we'll be able to continue to grow and grow and grow um it is very weird trying to be successful on social media because it's very fickle sometimes you get stifled sometimes things go really well and then out of nowhere the algorithm changes so you have yeah. to change what you do and you kind of have to like um you kind of have to like run with it um, like right now I'm being stifled by Instagram, but when Instagram starts to pop back up, then all of a sudden my YouTube starts to do well again. It's like the weirdest thing, but, um, you know, I appreciate you guys for sticking in there and having faith in what we do. And then what's going to happen is as we grow, we all grow and that's the goal. And then okay, eventually fun, bro. get you guys some interns and you can just kind of tell them to do stuff and then film it. <laughs> all right. Egg, anything you want to add before we go? 
Yeah, man. Keep the martial arts legit. Hey, you're muted. What a newbie. <laughs> you're muted, man. We can't hey, hear you. Bro. Whatever. We're fucking out of here. Here you go. Adios. 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 Adios.